Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome to another episode of Small Doses as we continue with our artist series and you know, we've been talking to um, artists in different type of different fields. You know, we've talked to uh, an interior designer. We've talked to an animator. We've talked to a portrait artist. And today we have Mr. Gregory Simmons. And you do a little bit of everything. I feel like you don't, I, mean, I don't know if you're an animator, but I feel like in terms of your form, like you do portraits, but then you also do stuff that's a little bit more abstract. And then you do like things that are pop culture related. You do uh, work that is like very timely. And I wanted to have you on the show because I discovered you via your crate challenge series. (laughs) And I was like, somebody actually made art out of this. Thank goodness something good came out of this because I was like, the, the the medical bills that came out of this is going to be a doozy. So welcome to the show, Gregory Simmons. Thank you for Hello, having Gregory. me. Thank you. Thanks, Amanda. Nice to meet you. This is a very unique interview because I really don't know much about you. And so a lot of times when I have people on the show, like I already like know things, but this is full discovery. This is full discovery. Like we oh, just fun, learned fun. that Greg has a 15-year-old son that, you know, is doing 15-year-old son things with these internets. And he had to parent, you know, but we also in that moment learned that Greg is a present parent. That's right. That's right. I'm here for it all. No labels here because I do the most. You do. (laughs) (laughs) So where are you based? I'm in Brooklyn and Brooklyn based right now uh, via Atlantic City, New Jersey. That's where I grew up. Really? People grow up in Atlantic City? Believe it or not. Yeah. Wow. I never figured it out. <laughs> I've been to Atlantic City twice. The first time was to see a Wayne Brady show. The oh. second, I feel like I had a show. Did I? No. I went there. I think I went there for, oh, yes, I did have a show. I was DJing. But my hotel room had no windows. And oh. it was very weird to me that my hotel room had no windows. And so I asked them. And they were like, oh, that's because of suicides. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a big thing, yeah. But I mean, they're not all like that. But you know, the it was Caesars. Ones, if, if you're worrying about money, they put you down there. Like you can, you won't jump. But Damn. no, that is the thing. So Atlantic City, and so you're a Jersey boy. So tell me, like, what was art for you growing up? Were you always doodling and and? in the art space and like was that supported because that's the thing I'm always curious about like did the people around you from early on recognize that and what did they do about it absolutely yeah I just grew up watching a lot of tv a lot of cartoons and a lot of mtv and stuff just stimulated my brain programmed me perfectly and yeah that, that was just like the first 
addiction is just drawing, always just picking up a pencil and a paper and just having at it. You know, never know what you're going to get. And that's it, it was supportive. My mom raised me and yeah, she would just always provide me with more paper. Just, you know, she would put it up on the walls and just encourage me. Just looks like how your mom does, you know, this stuff <laughs> from high school on the walls. And she she always showed love and definitely did her best to support my, my artistic visions. Yeah. Did you take classes? No, no. Uh, when I went to college, you know, the Art Institute, shout out to them. Not really, but you know they uh, why wait why not really because yeah. they, they got shut down they're a whole scam school there's like a class action suit about them you know selling people dreams and hopes you're the Teach- second guest we've had for the, the way to the art institute and my man went to the art institute damn pay us pay <laughs> us those reparations <laughs> but no so that was like the first time that i really you know was properly trained for any type of, you know, I had an art class, of course. Senior year, I had two art classes. Uh, shout out to Mr. Fosciano, rest in peace. But, you know, other than that, it was just always for fun. Drawing on a brown paper bag, book covers. Right, you know, right, right. That was the extent of it. Just draw my favorite logos, Ren and Stimpy, Ninja Turtles. Just, you oh my know, God, mushroom. what year were you born? You're 81. 84. 84. 84. All right. Yeah, we yeah, in the yeah. same, yeah, same generation, same situation. What did you like about uh, Mr. Fasciano? Because when people when people shout out a teacher, it's because they impacted them. When people remember a teacher. Yeah. I mean, it, that was just a really unique art class because that was my first period class and my last period class. And Mr. Fasciano was just, a you know, a fun, funny guy who just, you know, uh, would see a lot in your artwork and he would teach you a lot of techniques, but it didn't feel very, you know, too in the box. He was just a guy just teaching you cool things. No, you know, what would if you thought this or put this there? And uh, another friend of mine, Dave Weeks, he was in both classes. And now he's doing his thing in New York as well. And it's just great. You know, that was definitely a very memorable time that helped me to have a little more confidence in, in what I'm doing. And that's when I decided to go to the Art Institute. They were the only people to accept me. And here we are. I'm supposed to be a graphic designer, but I'm glad I'm doing painting. <laughs> <laughs> what was it that made you decide to go into graphic design? Because I didn't like animation. I went, To answer your question about the animation, that was my first pick in the Art Institute because you had to pick fast. It was only like this is how I was thinking about college. Like, oh, two weeks till I graduate. All right, let's find something. Roll the dice. And, you know, I wasn't thinking that forward-minded, you know, and I chose animation. We got to the bouncing ball. We had to animate the ball going down the stairs. And I was like, this is enough. Like, it was just walking around with reams of paper. I just didn't have the patience for it. And then I asked to change my major. Graphic design sounded cool. Didn't really know what that was, but I had heard of Photoshop. So I'm like, oh, let's get it. That's what the magazines use. Like, cool really enjoyed that i learned a lot during that the first couple semesters uh we went in trimesters but we would do live live painting and draw the models and all that stuff so that was fun you know that's when i was like oh you know painting's fun i had done it for fun but this was like more of a collegiate feel right i really feel like what's been cool in these conversations is hearing how all all of you artists that we've had on the show, like start in one genre and you kind of like end up somewhere else. And the journey there, I'm always curious about how you end up at 
that place where you like plant your roots. So what was it that actually made you be like, you know what, painting is my jam? So I've always liked to do it. Over the pandemic, however, once everything shut down and you find yourself in a room, I just happened to have via my girlfriend who just randomly gave me an art pad that I think somebody left at her job. And it was a watercolor, you know, 12 by nine sheets. And that really got me back into it. Like, mind you, since I've been in New York, I've tried to do a painting a year, right? Maybe one. And, you know, just kind of keep it moving. I was in the restaurant industry for, you know, years. And over the pandemic, I wanted to paint people masks because it was like, what is that? What are these things? It was real new and it was a novelty to me. So I would take some photos. I'm always on my camera out. And I took some cool photos and painted them, posted them. People liked them. And then they're like, oh, can you paint my dog? Can you paint my family? So the whole 2020, I was just really getting into the portrait mode based off these COVID mask paintings. And yeah, after that, it was like, oh, wait, you know, later graphic design. I'm trying to paint every day, you know? So this is new. Like, yes and no. I paint. I've always painted, just not like... But painting as commerce, like painting as a source of livelihood is new. Yes. Yeah. Fairly new. 2020, I was getting some homies hitting me up and I'm like, oh, like, you're down to pay a few hundred, hundred for that to me? Like, <laughs> I'm like, word? You know, yeah. Congrats. Thanks. Thanks to the crate challenge. You know? Y'all, y'all are hearing <laughs> the COVID. beginnings. This is dope. No, because I feel like it's dope that we're getting to speak to an artist like at the tipping point because the tipping point is such a unique place to meet somebody at and a lot of times you know we don't really get to that particularly with black artists a lot of times it feels like we don't get to folks until white people have accepted them you know it's like so often the tipping Thanks. point ends up being because oh there's been white acceptance and now there's like awareness so i'm glad i'm so yes yes amanda let's have myself Thank you. Yeah, this for real because you were really one of the first supporters and i really appreciate that a lot oh i'm buying a piece now Fuck what you heard. I Let's mean, go. I was always gonna buy. I was always gonna buy a piece. I was always gonna buy a piece. But then I had a lot of things. I bought a house, and let me tell Congrats. you, every day, every fucking day, there's something with the goddamn house. Every day, you're like, oh, it's not even that bad. It's more so just like I've never owned a house before. So can't call the super for that. Mm, no, <laughs> that's on you. And it's a range of things. Like, it'll be one day, it's like, yeah, the light in the pool isn't working. And then the next day, it's like, yeah, like the screen door, like the door on the screen door. But then the next day, it's like, there's a leak in the living room. Like, you know, like you just never know. This morning, uh, my dude called me and was like, I found coyote poop on our porch. Oh, Lord. (laughs) So, but it was like right outside of the range of the ring. So we're like... It could be coyote. It could be an alien. We don't know. It was outside of the range of the ring. <laughs> so he had to like expand the range of the ring so that we'll be able to see like, what was it? Was it a bear? Was it a houseless person? What is it? So we don't know. But um, that's so super dope that this is like, so how does it feel? How does it feel? It's surreal. I'm going to just tell you. Yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm grateful. I'm here for it. I'm ready for what's next. But at the same time, like the past month, I'm just like, 
Like, what is happening but right tell now? Me why? why is it like, what's happening? So what's happening? It's because you're getting so many commissions. Like, talk to me. To yeah. not, this is a whole different interview now. <laughs> it was literally a mandate. So, you know, we were all just glued on to our world star or Instagram or whatever it was watching <laughs> this crate challenge. And I watched it. And was just watching with friends. I'm like, yo, I got to paint this. It's too funny. Like, I was highly, just so entertained by it. And then I did it the next day, went to the studio. And this was just something that a quick little study to do before I had to do some commission work. So it was just like for me, right? And it was done. And I posted it and used the hashtag milk crate challenge. And that's really it. After that, I think I checked my phone like an hour later and I was just like, huh? Like, totally surprised just by everything that was just going on on the feed. And yeah, I don't know. Ever since then, I mean, it's definitely chilled out now after the hashtag was, you know, eradicated from social existence. (laughs) (laughs) For better or for worse. But after that, it was like, oh, I guess I'm a fine artist now because that's what people are saying. And I was grateful, very grateful, you know, like, that was always goals. So I just didn't think it would happen like that. You know, (laughs) I am like my heart, my chest is like warm right now because you just never know. Like you would never think that the most hoodish shit out took you to being a fine artist. Do you know how, how many hearty laughs I've gotten out of just the idea that the milk crate challenge, like that was it. That's (laughs) what I But you know what? It's it, it's so beautiful that something that is that was so like, I mean, for better or for worse, it was intrinsically a part of like the black community. And that is what propelled you like you painting something like completely authentic. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the other part of this whole commercial part of painting. Right. Or of just creating work. Like I know being a graphic artist is difficult because you're really having to make your work make sense to someone else, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just all about their interpretation. They want exactly their vision, which can be hard to get to. But with art, it's just kind of like, oh, I'm done. And then, like, everybody else thinks, like, there's a conversation going. And, and I really appreciate that. It's definitely a different beast, different world. So tell me about like the taking pictures thing. So you said that you would go around and just take pictures. You always have your camera. So when did that start? And what kind of camera is it? It's mainly just an iPhone. I had a few point and clicks, but then, you know, dumb stuff, the counter stopped working or the back would expose the film, whatever. So it's just mainly been a lot of phone pictures and I would always do it. I really like, like my son has his entire life documented basically. Cause I like literally like, nurse like this you know like he's a newborn like he's got literally every moment so I've just always just been that guy I like to see the world I like very candid moments that stuff really you know entices my you know artistic visions but uh New York definitely has so much to see so I'm always taking photos of this and and that and you know posting on my story but every once in a while there'll there'll be like a a theme or something that that really just makes me say like I want to paint this one like this has to be painted. What is it that makes you say that though? What is it that makes a picture paintable for you? I mean, when I'm using people as the subjects, it's really just the spirit behind everybody. You know, just that moment, just, uh, you know, sometimes I'll have conversations, you know, a lot of these photos I ask permission for, not all, but some, you know, I ask for permission 
for it. And then you just have that interaction. You remember that moment, you know, it's, it's just something, the colors make pop. It's just something about the movement and just the moment that I'm like, this has to be immortalized. <laughs> I gotta just, you know, paint it. It's just fun. You know, I'm just definitely just following just what my gut tells me every day. It says paint and draw. <laughs> and what was the medium that you started painting in? Is it oil? Is it, you said watercolor? Yeah. So the whole COVID stuff was gouache. I, I messed with gouache. I did this thing for this uh, skateboarder, Mark Gonzalez. And that was like my first dive into it. And that was just another. Tell me about gouache. I don't know about gouache. Put me on. Justina Blankney is a dope artist and designer. And she was talking about gouache. And I was like, I feel like I'm I'm washed on gouache. I don't know about gouache. So tell me about gouache. <laughs> I think you'll like it. It's like a cousin to watercolor. Uh, it's water-based. Uh, you can either get get it in the tube form where it comes in like the little things where you get it wet and, you know, it kind of like livens up. Okay. But I just really started using it within the past few years, just, you know, just kind of wandering around Blick or, you know, the art store. And I just like the way it goes on. It layers. Matter of fact, you know what it was, too? I saw artists on Instagram. Mm. That's what it was. And the texture just was so rich and it just really it laid on the paper so well and they were they were doing a lot of illustrations like smaller pieces with it and it just went on so well it almost looked like an animation or you know something that came alive and i used it i loved how it mixed it dries very quickly it's it, it was cool so and you said it's water-based so you're just yeah. using, it's there's no okay okay yep yep so every day during the quarantine i would do like a painting every every few days and it was just like a little cup of tap water you know i just have my little setup and it's it's easy it's easy as pie it's not as hard as oil oil definitely not as messy but it's fun Gosh. i recommend right. it i'm try gonna try out. my hand at gouache because i've used acrylic all my life and I tried oil for two days and was like, y'all could keep this. Um, <laughs> I don't want to do this. But I'm very curious about gouache because you're now the second artist. And when I saw, when you had sent me like the list with all the pieces and I saw gouache on paper, I was like, what the fuck is gouache? Uh, <laughs> and I'm always interested in, you know, hearing about like when artists like are using different mediums, like what it is about that medium that they like, because it's like you kind of get married to a medium, you know, and then you just become an expert at that medium. Do you feel like in the last year you've become a master? No, uh, no. <laughs> I, still have, I still have a lot to learn. And, you know, I, I definitely feel like I'm getting better painting and drawing figures and the human face and features is not as hard as it was last year. Mm, what made it hard? You know, everybody just wants to be, have that perfect, at least me, just being a, a biggest critic, like, oh, that looks a little lopsided you know i'm just really trying to i get obsessed honestly when i'm drawing because you're like getting to know per especially if you're doing it for a family you want it you want everybody to be pleased with it you know you want it to capture them so you know just trying to get like all those little details would you know that, that stuff would matter to me so just practicing that over and over just got me more in tune with it and now funny because now all these there's no faces really on a new one <laughs> it's funny you know, crazy how that works. Do you consciously like work on technique or is it just repetition? Like, do you like look up lessons and, you know, do you study other artists? 
Yes and no. I mean, I just observe a lot. You know, I'll go to the art galleries and just like be all up on a painting and just really looking at it mm. without, you know, the security yelling at me. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, like, I'm just I'm a demo type of guy. Like, I, I like to read. I love to read. And, you know, we'll watch a YouTube video to learn things. But I just like to kind of learn organically. So technique to me, yeah. Like, I want to always improve my what I did before. So if I see, like, oh, maybe, like, brighten this up, I just, it's a lot of guessing tests. But for better or for worse, you know, I, I'm, I don't know too much of the master's works. And, like, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. What do you think is your strength? Like, what do you think makes your style? My point of view, just, you know, definitely uh, what captures my eye may not be what everybody else sees. I kind of sometimes intentionally look for that, just that moment that is recognizable, but it's like, oh, you didn't catch that moment. Like, you caught that more famous moment of the same thing, but it's, you know, or, you know, just like perspective. So I think that may... And just none of my work is perfect. It's, you know, I think there's some imperfection that may even inspire, like, oh, this dude can do it. Like, I can definitely do it then, you know, so. Because, you know, you got to get good at talking about your art because now you're a fine artist. So now, like, this, let this interview be, like, a foray into being able to discuss, like, well, you know, a Gregory Simmons piece is <laughs> fill in the blank. No, you're right. You're right. I'm working on that. Hopefully this articulates well, you know, how I try to express it. Well, I tell you, you know, at a certain point, I realized that I had to really learn how to talk about my art, not necessarily like my visual art, but just like how to talk about like what it is I bring to a space, because I started to realize that if I couldn't articulate it, then people will interpret it in their own way. And everyone's perspective is their reality. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth of my shit. <laughs> and so it was like, let me take this out of your hands and tell you what it is before you have to guess. And let me tell you, that was not an easy thing to do. Because even if you have like a modicum of humility, it's like talking about your own shit can feel like an out-of-body kind of experience, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not my favorite thing to do. I'm getting better at it, but I'm just like, oh, like, let's talk about you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Why is it not something you like to do? You know, I don't know. This uh, Does it feel immodest? No, no. I guess I'm just, I don't know. I think just maybe just being shy. Does it I feel like fake? Nah. I think maybe if I had to do it more often, I'd probably enjoy it and probably get good at it. But it's just new. It's, you know, I'm used to just being like, you know, this is for you. This is about you here. This, you know, take this flyer or whatever, like for your project. So it's just like, you know, now the camera's turned around on me and I'm like, oh, damn, like, all right, you know, put the weed away and just like try to get my thoughts <laughs> together, you know? Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> put the weed away. No, I really just think it's such a unique time that you're at right now because it's also like deciding to, like, do you feel like you've decided to say, okay, I'm going to really dig my heels in and and turn a corner? Or or is it like, I'm just doing this for now, but graphic arts is still like where I'm at? Nah, like after the pandemic and just how the portrait series and just having, having more of a go at being an artist, I was like, this is it. Like once this unemployment runs out, like, you know, no more restaurants for me. It's just really was the mantra and the mentality that I had 
didn't know how it was going to work. Like I had faith that it would work, but I just didn't know in what form. But, you know, I'm in a studio every day, basically, you know, with the intention of just making that my job. And you said you're 37? Yeah. Yes. Well, let me tell you, we had Amy Sherald on and she is the portrait artist for Michelle Obama. And she was working in restaurants up until she was 37. And that's when she sold the piece that made her be able to quit her job. So I have chills. You're like right on track. You're like right on track. I'm grateful for that. That that was inspiring to hear. Thanks for sharing that. Nah, like I, you know, and she was like that whole time though, I knew that I was going to end up living off of this. And it was just like, I just got to stick with it. I just got to stick with it. I just got to stick with it. And I know that that can be exhausting. Like in this process, at any point, do you feel like you were like, I don't know about this art shit? Well, you know what? Luckily for me, I work a lot in the skateboard community. And, you know, I work with a magazine called Skate Drawn and I'm on their art department. We actually share a studio together. So it really works out. And I do a lot of their merch and, you know, they like my little drawings, like the, the more poorly drawn, the better for, for our gear. But it's, like, it's, it's fun, you know? So, you know, that type of stuff gave me inspiration that, oh, you know, yeah, I'm doing something with this. This is cool. Like, it's not just totally a dead thing. Like, I was very happy within the skateboard community and just doing things for the companies that I looked up to. How did you even get in that mix? Are you a skater? Yeah, I've been skating oh since I was... Oh, you're a skater? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am such a poser. Like, I'm a wannabe skater. So, like, Betty, I'm obsessed with the show Betty on HBO. I own a skateboard that Stevie Williams gave me. And... Oh, shout out to Stevie. I... I definitely have a scab from trying to do an art <laughs> in front scab. of my... Yeah. <laughs> I have like a scar for trying to do an Ollie in front of my building in Harlem. And, you know, I think I'm too old to attempt a vert ramp at this point in my life, but I was there. I was there in my bed watching when Tony Hawk did his, what was it, a nine? 900. 900. I was like Sal Kayla is my actual homeboy. He was the okay, only black Sal. man in them situations, in those settings. That's so dope. So you were, so you're, okay. So see, now, see, it's all coming together. So you just a different kind of cat. Yeah. I, I'd like Artists. to think so. Yeah. Artists. Yeah. yeah. I'm grateful. It's cool to see too that in New York and Philadelphia and just, I guess, more places everywhere, there are more people like me because, you know, I've been skating and just doing all these you know, listening to different music or like doing art when people were doing football and basketball, like it was before it was accepted. So to see more people like myself now and in the here and now, I'm like, yeah, dope. Like it's, it's cool. It used to be intimidating. I'm like, oh, like now I'm not different than anybody, but it's cool. You, you see that we're all just a family and we're building. It's like a huge community that I think is, it's great. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, so you feel like because you had the support of your skate community and stuff like that was basically like this undercurrent that was keeping the art present while you were doing the stuff to keep your money going. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was. uh, Yeah, exactly. Like the restaurants and stuff will pay the bills, but I was always just grinding 24 seven with the art for whether it's graphic design, making a logo flyer, you know, art piece or just making a painting on the side or, you know. 
they they definitely kept me going to this point, you know, just being in that community. Do you feel like anything has changed since you started making commission pieces, like in terms of your relationship to your art? Because, you know, sometimes like once things start being for money, our relationship to the craft changes. Good question. I really feel like it made me more passionate about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, because I, I really enjoy, you know, with the portraits, you, you mm-hmm. see the progress. And I just really love engaging with this subject matter. You know, like I'm really just taking squint my eyes, looking at these photos, just getting to know the people. getting, And it's just like it's pushing me more. It's making me just like want to really dive as deep into the paint world as, as I can and just one day become a master. Possibly. It didn't make me feel like, oh, I hate doing this now. Or like, yeah, because sometimes people feel like it's a job. You know, as long as it doesn't feel like a job. Right. Right. And when you do the portraits, is it like, do you advertise anywhere or is it just word of mouth more so? No, IG. Instagram. Shout out to Instagram, because that (laughs) has just been the, the source of my success from the jump for years. Hashtags and geolocation, everybody. Like, I, <laughs> that's that's it. I've got modeling jobs off that. I've gotten just art. Just, you know, it, it goes out there just because of that one platform. That's it. I hate to do that shameless plug, but that's, the, <laughs> that, that's real. That's fucking Zuckerberg. Fuckerberg. For what it's worth, you know. I really think that there's something unique, though, about capturing these times right like how you said that the masks there was something about the mask that made you be like damn like this is some weird shit let me capture this you know and then like the crate challenge it's like this is some dumb shit (laughs) (laughs) yes that part for sure let me capture this we're in such a weird time just like i feel like there's a lot of conversation i see about just us being in the apocalypse like the earth is like crumbling beneath our feet and like these moments they happen so fleeting right like the crate challenge happened and it was done you know but while they happen it feels like they're so expansive and then they just end and you're like did that happen <laughs> and so you know i think it's dope that you're capturing these things For sure. It's so easy for these moments to get lost. And they are such epic moments that it's like, man, I hope everybody enjoyed this as much as I did. Because, like, I had to paint a whole photo of this, you know, like, you know, I I think it's just something that helps us to laugh at it, to just remember it. You know, these times are crazy times, but they're not all bad. Right. Right. So something that Amy also said in her interview, which is just like a freaking masterclass. She was like, you know, I had to ask myself at a certain point. If I'm in a room with other Black artists, what does my art bring to the conversation around Black art? And so that's the question that you don't have to answer that on the spot, but that's the question (laughs) I will pose to you. Because when she said that, I was like, damn, like I haven't really been painting lately. And I feel like the reason I haven't been painting lately is because every time I think about painting, what I would go to paint, I feel like is like basic. And I'm like, Nah, like you need to push yourself to like another level. And when she said that, it was like, that's what you need to figure out. And that's once you figure it out, that's when you're going to know what to paint next. Totally. Yeah. You just got to keep pushing yourself. There's no such thing as whack. I feel like, well, art, I don't care who you are. Like, I feel like everybody's an artist. And with myself, like, 
I definitely would have moments of like, uh, this is whack or like, uh, whatever. But, you know, you just keep going. Like on the train, I would get a little notebook and just try to practice. Because, I, you know, a lot of things I'm looking at photos of things. I'm like, yo, I'm looking at artists who are just so witty, coming up with funny stuff. And I'm like, I want to be that too. So, you know, I practice it and, and you just get better the more you push yourself. That's it. Like, you know, you discover yourself more. Have you seen anything recently that made you be like, oh, I need to paint that? Yeah, the dip set locks thing really like set me off. Like I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) The price went up. Yesterday's price is not today's (laughs) price. (laughs) So many quotables. Like (laughs) that whole thing. I'm just like, I've watched that. And a couple other people I know have watched that like multiple times. To me, it's like, it just. I don't know. You ain't it, never seen a Grammy. Y'all have only seen <laughs> Grams. Yo, the disrespect. <laughs> so real. But they just handled it so well. And I'm I'm like impressed that you know these quotes, like right off top. That's impressive. <laughs> Come on, this was New York, B. I was supposed to be home watching the honeymoon at this. <laughs> Like classic. Y'all don't it's got so... records for ladies. We don't got records for ladies. <laughs> what? Drop that, ladies. Can't Yo. live in Miami. <laughs> Drop that check. <laughs> like, what a hell of an intro. Yeah. What? No. So that that definitely. I said. I don't know if you can see that. But that's oh like, yes, so... I can see Styles P in his <laughs> green right there. I can see Jewels in that ridiculous Louis jacket right there. I see Cam with this choker right there, and I see Jada in the in the uh, in the camos. Who's that in the purple? Is that Freaky Zeke? Yeah, no, Freaky Zeke's right there, like trying okay. to get in between styles. I think that's just one of the homies that was fixing the chair the whole time. He was like the, the lawn chair guy. Shout out to him. You know, that really got me. Like, I stepped it up. I said, oil paints for this one. We can't, because, like, I don't know. It's just, it was so epic to me. And I'm like, kind of just embracing the flow of things. I'm like, all right, next one. That was worth- You did that in oil paint right there? Yeah, that's the whole oil paint right there. <laughs> okay, but you see, Gregory, you leaving something out. Because niggas can't just pick up oil paints and be like, I do oil paints. <laughs> that's intense through the years. This ain't the first oil paint, but the So you've ones... been, like, dabbling, dibbling, yeah, yeah. dabbling. All like right. you, I was a big fan of acrylic, you know, and, and just did a lot of stuff. I'd say, like, since my son's been born, for sure, I've done, like, lots of acrylic paintings. Wait, what's the connection? Because, like, when you have a kid, you need something that can dry No, this, I'm just, like, this, using that as a barometer. Of, oh, like, time, okay. I thought you were like, like, I don't got time. This nigga got to eat. I got to, this got to dry. got to dry fast. No, I mean, I was just doing that for a while. And then, you know, I'd say maybe about 2012. Nah, maybe, like, 2010 or 12, I started doing more, like, a couple oil paintings. Just because I, I just was maybe getting bored of acrylic. Just wanted to see what right. else was out there, you know? So, I mean, yeah, it's not like I was just like, hmm, y'all, like, I think today I really want to paint. No, it was just... And let me just tell y'all, because oils got a lot of other shit with it. Can you just tell people the difference with working with oils than working with gouache? Yeah, so one dries in one minute, the other dries in, like, one week. And (laughs) if you touch it, you know, like, I got paint on my hands now just from just cleaning up, you know, like... And it's not coming off for a while. You know, it's just and messier. You have to use, you have to like you have use. To use like different mediums, different oils to combine them with so that you can stretch it. Cause oil, it, it 
takes a long time to dry, but it also goes on kind of like rough. So you need to use these oils like linseed oil to kind of smooth it out, give you more for your stroke, for the brush stroke and, you know, the gamma saw to, to clean the brushes. You can't just use water. You have to use like all these toxic ass fluids to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, to get, you know, what you want. But I think, the you know, that you get a return on investment. It's expensive too, right? Yes. Yeah. Because you don't get as much paint? You get a lot, but I think there's just a lot more to go into. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of, you know, just how all that stuff's made, but you get big Oh, the paint itself way. is expensive. Yeah, totally. And the canvas, you know, I bought a whole roll. Like, this costs a few hundred just to make it for me, and I was ne- that's new. Like, <laughs> like what? You know, I, I like found items. They give you know, right. stuff like that. But, you know, but I'm appreciative to make the investment myself. Once I started taking myself serious, a little more serious. It's nah, like why'd you take that back? Why did you take that back? You just said, once I started taking myself serious, and then you were like, screw, screw, select the a little more serious. Why you took it back? Damn, you, you're good, huh? I don't know. I don't know why I did <laughs> Nah, once you start taking yourself more serious. Period. Yes, period. As the curls, as the kids say, period. With the T. No, I appreciate that. That's real. The script. So we have a segment called The Script where we tell our audience, you know, just some supplementary materials where they can not only learn more about you, but also like it kind of is a chance for you to give the audience like some insight into the stuff that inspires you. So if there's any movies or Instagram pages or books that you've read or anything that you feel like has helped you on your journey, you know, feel free to share that with our audience. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, I like to read weird books like Aljus Huxley, Doors of Perception. I'm reading this book on theory of conscious harmony, like more esoteric spiritual stuff. That's just how my mom raised me. And just it's You're always full been... of surprises, bro. You are full <laughs> of surprises. <laughs> it said esoteric spiritual consciousness. All right. Yeah, you know, that's what keeps me entertained. For the longest, I didn't even have a television. So not too many shows. Netflix is cool. Shout out Squid Games, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I just like World Star, y'all. Like, go get the World Star app, download that. You'll be inspired for days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a first. <laughs> You'll be inspired for days. What is it about the World Star app that gives you inspiration? It's just endless content. It's just like a whole bunch of WTF. At every scroll, every time you reload the page, it's like, what? Like, damn, my people, you know? I don't know, but that it also just keeps you updated on things. It's somewhat of a news source, but I don't know. I find a lot of inspiration from my art through that, to be quite honest. As far as books, yeah, the esoteric stuff, Time Must Have a Stop by Huxley, Island by Huxley, Message to Black People, Marcus Garvey, all those things inspired and made me. What's your family background? So, a lot of Morehouse and Spellman and, yeah, graduates okay. from there. Yeah, okay. doctors. The, and The math and is like mathing. The math is mathing. <laughs> it's stunning. <it's done. laughs> no, I've got a very great family. And, and, you know, my dad 
he's in Rancho Cucamonga, California, and he's just always just, uh, you know, just supporting me from there. You know, got a good family that has always just appreciated me. I was the first born. My, my dad has other kids, but I was just the, the one like they held up like, this is great. Like, gonna... <laughs> so I, I'm just grateful that my family just always really supported me and just saw things in me that I didn't even notice to myself and just always pushed me for sure. Always encouraged me and, and kept me on a straight and narrow path. Even when I was making babies as a baby, they still like were like, no, you you know. <laughs> For those who are listening, there was a sharp hand movement that centered him back on the path and go yes. straight. Like, yes, okay, yes. you you nutted over there, but let's get back, let's get back over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, Don't do that again anytime soon. And I listen. <laughs> does your son have any artistic aspirations? It's funny because he does. He's he's a very talented artist. You know, as you know, he likes to rap. So <laughs> we know that he likes that aspect. But he would do a lot of painting and drawing with me, you know, just always being around me. And he sold art when he was like eight years old for a hundred dollars. Another little Instagram. Have you ever heard of Eli Gessner? He, you know, he's a New York no. guy. He he just made that film, uh, All the Streets Are Silent, which is a, a great film about New York skateboarding and rap music in the 90s. It's very good. Yeah, check it out. I think you will love it. But he purchased a piece. And ever since then, my son's just like, I need to do that. Like, if I'm going to make art and needs to sell, I'm like, that's not why you do this, son. Like, you know. <laughs> no, he was capitalist too early. Real fast. But I'm like, you know, I I, I see you. I, I like your, you know, entrepreneurial mind state. But, you know, he's just exploring a lot of other things. He's more of a football guy now and basketball, which is cool. Like, I embrace it. You know, he's joining the track team. He wants to do robotics. So I'm like, go ahead, you know, do all that. You don't have to be an artist. Just leave that to me. Right. And if he ever wants to, you know, I find that a lot of people are like that. They have a lot of artistic ability, but don't find the inspiration. So they just kind of fall into, you know, the more standardized world of just like, you know, what you see on TV or whatever. But there's an artist there that probably has so many gems within them. I just encourage everybody to just try it. My mom took an art class recently and she, now I'm like, oh, now I know where I get it from. Like, you told me my whole life you couldn't draw a light pole, and here you are drawing sunflowers and stuff, you know? <laughs> what? See, that's dope. Well, we on this artist series have had the awesome opportunity to have our artists walk us through some of their pieces. And so I've chosen some pieces that I would love for you to walk us through. And this first one is one of my favorite pop culture moments. I even reference it in the pilot for my show that I'm currently trying to sell. I mean, it feels difficult, but it is the moment in Do the Right Thing when the white dude says, I'm from Brooklyn. And the whole crowd is like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. I love that one. Uh, so you want to hear this story? Yes. All right, so this was actually a commission piece from a homie goes by Dirty. Shout out to Dirty. Uh, met him through my other homie, Mayhem Loren. Shout out to him. And uh, he wanted that for his company called O6R. It's a cool company. And believe it or not, he rejected that piece 
all love but he was like nah that ain't it boss and that was it like we did another piece together that was uh from white men can't jump that was you know he loved it we were trying again with that and he didn't like it but i really liked it and i donated that piece to tenant skate shop on the cow who said they're gonna hang it up i'm waiting to see it casper <laughs> Yo. nah, that's, <laughs> that's the story behind that and this was done with colored pencils yes yes the whole thing is color pencils? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I'm going to tell you why I like it. Because I knew exactly what it was. Like, I knew exactly what this was. But without it being a carbon copy. But you know, it'd be oh, no, like I... that, though. But it'd be like that. Like, I had a dude commission me to do a piece. And he was like, um, you know, I want black art, like black musicians. And I was like, all right. And I drew it out. And I showed it to him and he was like, okay, I would like you to come to Spain and stay at my home to paint it. And I was like, yeah, it's not going to (laughs) happen. And he was like, well, I don't like the mock-up and I don't think that it is going to suffice. Oh boy! Of course. So it was basically like the art version of like, well, fuck you, bitch! I ain't like you anyway. That's why you ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. But I ended up framing the mock-up, and it's in my house. Um, Yeah, and you can appreciate it, right? I would like to actually paint it, paint it. Like I just haven't had time, you know. But maybe I will do it in gouache. Do that. No, for real, please. That would be rad. I want to see it. So then we have this piece. This is part of your mask series piece, Lil Mm. Man. So tell me about this piece, but then also tell me about, because you have like a bunch of mask series pieces. And what I think is interesting is just the range of also ethnicities, right? Like you got Asian families, you got like the lady in the bodega with the mask on. So, (laughs) you know, tell me like, what is it that made you say, you know, you wanted to immortalize Lil Man right here? Yeah. So I remember this kid uh, just walking around in Ridgewood. My lady, we would just take like walks every day that would be our outdoor time and this was like when masks were like huh? like it's just everybody with a mask you're like this is weird like this is a movie now this shit is so normal exactly this is like the first week and i just saw that kid and it was just like oh look the little kid got a mask on too and i just was like <laughs> you know <laughs> i took a photo and that that was that that was a fun project for a few days to do he got the little spider-man bike plate i had yep. to you know That was fun. You know, at that moment, I'm like trying to get into the details of things and I'm working on my technique in that one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Oh, you said you're working on your technique in this one. Yeah. Just really trying to get the Mm. details on how to use the brush better. And just that was the second one that I did out of the mask series. Now, I can see that because his jacket, just getting the wrinkles alone is its own like that's its own study. And I see you really went in with, like, the light. You know, light is, like, a lot of people don't talk about light when it comes to painting, but that's really the bottom line. It's, like, where does the light hit? The light source, yeah. That's that's a big thing that they always try to teach us in school when I took those little live figures. Yeah, I know, I know. The cool thing about gouache, though, and about that jacket that this may help for when you do that piece or whatever you want to do, is uh, it's just layering, like, it 
that the lighter parts is just like one layer and then the darker parts just you going over it a few more times Mm. you know it blends really well and gives the illusion of light when it's just you know a little undercoat right okay that that helps and this last piece was the piece that made me be like who the fuck is this nigga (laughs) yeah that yo i hope she's all right just you know (laughs) You made me move the computer shit. <laughs> so I hope she's all right. Because that one, okay, so so that one, I'm I'm really, you know, at this point, maybe like four or five into the whole crate series. And I'm realizing now that all oh, these look like different places in the world, or in America at least. Like some right. of them look down south. This one looks like it's Midwest. And I was like, I want to do a West Coast one. So I found that one. I'm just again scrubbing through the videos, you know, taking little screenshots and this woman, number one, as you can see, she's got three crates like on top. That is above, you know, the industry standard. <laughs> she was really going all out. And that that moment, that flow with the arms right there, like she got washed immediately after that. But that moment, I was just like, oh, it's very like, it's poetic. It looks nice. Balletic. It's, kind of it's like graceful. Yeah, it was graceful, right? So I chose that one, you know, and I had to do another one, which is actually hanging up there. Cause with the you know, heels. Sister, yeah, cause she made it. I was like, that's that's right, sister. You know, <laughs> I kinda, you know, <laughs> if we're really gonna get into the nitty-gritty of like art and looking at it, like, yes, we we do succeed. We don't just fall from, you know. I think that's what attached me to this one though, is the grace. Like, I can't tell that she's going to necessarily fall. She looks like she's, like, in, like, a Alvin Ailey-type, like, revelations pose. But it's about <laughs> it's about to go down. And I really think it's so fascinating what inspires artists to, like, create. You know, some people, it's nature. You know, some people, it's portraits. Like, I don't like portraits, you know, but for some people, like, that is... Like they see someone's face and they're like, oh my God, I have to paint this face. And for you, just these, these black culture moments, that's a stick with that nigga. Like that's that's <laughs> that's a pocket. That's yeah, a pocket. I'm realizing now and I'm like, all right, you know, no pressure, but you know, thankfully I got a, a young, a young child who's just like always on the internet with me. So I got four eyes instead of just two to kind of keep my edge to the streets. Because to be honest, we're not creating iconic television and movies right now like we used to. Like, you know, I'll see a lot of folks that will do art based on like the iconic shows of the 90s, you know, and that's its own like nostalgic shit for me. Like when I see art from like a different world or house party or coming to America, I'm like, oh, my God, give me that. Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. (laughs) But my mom has always every Christmas, my mom gets me at least one book that's specifically related to pop culture. And she's like, because I always want you like documenting like time and what's happening in your time. And like her peers never gave a damn about pop culture the way she did. Like she was always the one, like she was in Grenada, like ordering records. And they're like, what are you even doing? And she's like, you've never heard of the Beatles? What's wrong with you? Like you wildin'. Like she's like ordering Rolling Stones records and Stax records and, you know, all types of stuff that, was like really interesting to her. And so now fast forward, she passed that on to me. And so like when I was going to school, I went to SUNY Purchase and I had a professor, Donna Davis, and she taught 
black pop culture. And I'm like, what the hell is this class going to be? But <laughs> she centered black pop culture as just as important to our journey of our narrative as literature or as like actual living history. So when I see you like combining that into fine art, like that really is a continuance of the African-American narrative and continuing to tell our story and doing so at a time when this digital medium is so transient, you capturing it in a visual is really fascinating. You got something. If anybody else don't tell you, if anybody else tell you don't, Amanda said, you know, (laughs) not that that means shit, but, uh, you know. It means shit to me. So I appreciate that. And, and, you know, yo, black pop culture has, been a big part of my life. Like I grew up watching my brother and me. I grew up watching Gullah Gullah Island and like all that and all that stuff. So, you know, like that is the stuff that really just gave me just like a sense of like music, style, everything. You know, we grew up in the 90s. We know what that There's was like. Brother. So there's my brother and me up there. Dope. Right yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that was my jam. Like that's crazy. I was like, oh, shit. That's like, who can? Who knew? Well, I wish you the best. And, you know, I think it's really awesome that we're getting to have this conversation at this point in your career. And I can't wait to have the follow up in four years when you are, you know, selling pieces at Sotheby's and Christie's. I want you to listen to that interview that we did with Amy Sherald because she really just encapsulates like some of the processes of once you come into the commercial space as a fine artist and things to look out for and things to consider, et cetera. And I just feel like it's just, I, I want to transcribe it and like publish it. <laughs> it was just yeah. really great. But kudos to you and thank you for giving us some time. And for those who want to follow your art, they can check you out, tell them where to go. Uh, well, there's the Instagrams. Yeah. G underscore Simmons art. That's it for Instagram. I think it's the same thing on Twitter. Not on that much, but you can always catch me on the gram every right. day. <laughs> and then online, it's Simmons Art 1111. Why is there four ones? Uh, you know, see those numbers, you know how. No, we, I didn't know, know if you were 11, like, 11. I didn't know if your birthday was November 11th. I was like. <laughs> uh, no, no, but no, it's just, you know, see the numbers. It, it was. Also, the only domain name that I could take at that time that, you know, I was like, this works to me for now. <laughs> so Simmons Art, one, 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 one. And, uh, you know, keep going, keep expanding, keep learning, you know. And God bless. God bless. You, bless. you know, Fat Joe, I need you to paint a portrait of Fat Joe talking about the locks dip set. <laughs> Word. I was just watching him MC the, the KRS one Big Daddy Kane one the other day. And I, was I like, totally missed that. And now I'm seeing like the the post, but I feel like versus has gotten like so big now that it's like I miss I miss at the beginning of the quarantine when it's like babyface in his studio, like by himself. Right. Yeah. It's it's evolved, right? Real fast. But 
I like that they're doing a Madison Square Garden thing. It doesn't feel as dangerous as a Jeezy versus Gucci Man one. Like that one was that one was crazy. Like you yeah. know, they've come a long that way. That felt very yes. That one started like and over the course of it. You're like, is he joking? I don't think he's joking. Think <laughs> yeah, he's, like <laughs> I think he's serious. <laughs> Wait, did this niggas got guns? This is coming. Exa- they did too, I believe. So I don't, <laughs> allegedly, I don't know. <laughs> that was a very, um, yeah, that I was very much like, yikes. But I need to watch the Big Daddy Kane and KRS. The only thing I've seen from it is somebody saying, my homeboy Wordsworth was like, on Instagram, he was like, if you are a feature on a song on Versus, do your verse and leave. So apparently people were <laughs> overdoing it on the stage. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah. I got I to gotta watch the whole thing. You said Wordsworth? Shout out to Wordsworth. Yeah. Shout out to Wordsworth because you also look very much like Wordsworth and it's like trippy. Y'all have a similar aesthetic and you are both in Brooklyn. Uh, but Wordsworth is a very good friend of mine. And uh, I think that it is coming from words, like, because words don't say much. So that means that if he said it, it's because it needed to be said. <laughs> needed to be said. Respect, <laughs> to be respect. Said. The last dose. Keep doing your thing, Greg. And uh, shout out to Ja Buzzin. You know what I'm saying? And... <laughs> <laughs> and I will be circling back with you. I'm not sure if I'm not sure what pieces are still available, so I'm gonna take a look. But um, you know, congrats on stepping into this new phase of your professional art career. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. It means a lot. Star Bands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.